You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. No games this weekend. It might have been a good thing for some of us, uh, just to kind of decompress a little bit. But the offseason is ready to rock and roll. We've got free agency. We've got the draft coming up. And yes, we have a trade. Alex, come on in. What's going on? How you doing? I think this was to be expected. We're taping right now on Thursday, and we expected these quarterbacks to get moved. Carson Wentz gets traded to the Indianapolis Colts, and he's very familiar with that coaching staff up there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Chris Ballard, I think, did his thing. It seemed like this thing dragged on forever, but it was only a few days, actually. But, you know, we're, we're craving for news. Ballard held tight. I think, you know, maybe there was some pressure to sweeten the deal because the Bears were being mentioned. And then word comes out that he doesn't want to go to the Bears. So Ballard just kind of, you know. Gave him his offer. This is what we're going to do. And I think Philadelphia finally blinked and and got the deal done. Uh, Third round pick this year. And then a 2022 second round pick, but can become a first if Carson plays 75% of the snaps or he plays 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs. So you can't go into trades thinking that you need to win it every time. There's only 30 31 other guys that you do business with. You got to do business with them again at some point. So you don't want to make it look like you're screwing somebody over. So again, just like the you know Detroit LA deal, I think, you know, both teams kind of got what they could. Can Frank Reich and uh, Carson Wentz get him in the right headspace to get him playing the way he was in you know 2017? Remains to be seen, but uh, looks like Indianapolis has their guy. Do you have more faith in in Carson Wentz that he can turn it around than, say, Jared Goff? I mean, a couple of shows ago, I showed my love for Jared Goff, and I felt like he can go all about Cal. It's all about the Cal Bears. Don't get it wrong here, Alex. Come on. You know, I'm I'm hoping (laughs) he turns his career around and, and goes back to the same quarterback that he was during his second season, third season, when Sean McVay was able to work his magic. Do you think Carson Wentz is in a better position here because he goes to Frank Reich, who used to be his offensive coordinator with the Philadelphia Eagles, and Carson Wentz had his one of his best seasons under his guidance? Well, it seems to me like almost Carson Wentz has is a little too much, I guess, into his feels, right? The whole thing with Nick Foles, I think, really shook him. They got rid of Foles, but then all of a sudden, here come they they draft uh, Jalen Hurts. I don't know if he if he is this delicate mentally, but obviously he's shown on the field that he can do it. He does have the traits. He does have the physical skills. So perhaps the the fact that now he's in Indy with Frank Reich, so that puts him in a good state of mind. I don't think the media's attention is nearly as much with the Colts or as fierce as it is in Philadelphia. So I think that'll help him. I just think that knowing that he's the guy they're not going to draft somebody behind him to take over. Jacob Beeson isn't taking that job anytime soon. He can kind of get back to where... Now, does he go to that level? 
maybe, you know, it remains to be seen, but I think you're going to see a much different player as far as his headspace goes, and I think that is going to translate to the field. Uh, the leadership aspect of it, you know, again, I mean, you'd have to, you got to know your locker room, and Chris Ballard is a, is a great GM. He's very, you know, has the pulse of that locker room. He's not going to make a move like this unless he really believes it, so I believe in him, so yes. So are we going to see a Super Bowl between the Lions and the Colts in Los Angeles? <laughs> I mean, that would be quite I, a not story. in our not in our lifetime. I don't. I really don't believe so. Well, maybe in a couple of years. I mean, if these guys work out, you ne- you never know. I mean, obviously the Lions have a lot of rebuilding to do. The Colts are are pretty close. It's kind of interesting. Chris Ballard doesn't want to draft the quarterback. It's almost like he's scared of it, and he's actually mentioned that during. A few of his interviews, people keep asking him, are you going to draft a quarterback in the first round? And he keeps saying like something like this, guys, if I draft a quarterback in the first round, I might not be here in like two or three years. So he prefers to go for these veterans. He did it with Phillip Rivers last year, and he's doing the same thing here with Carson Wentz. So it's kind of interesting. He's, he's taking the route of bringing in a guy who has had experience, has made it work in the NFL instead of taking on some rookie that you need to develop. Well, again, just the way the league is going, you see with the, I guess, the movement and the proposed movement of these quarterbacks, some of the, I don't know if it's the younger GMs or just GMs in general, are really ready to bail on some of these guys really early. Uh, Obviously, case in point here with Wentz and Goff. And I'm sure there, there'll be others. Uh, Trubisky doesn't make it to a second contract on, on the same team. Not that he earned it, but again, I mean, teams, I think, are being a little bit more liberal with that, you know, with a lot more movement in the league. And I think it's just one of these things. Hey, we bring in a quarter, the right quarterback. Now, nobody's going to be able to bring in Brady. Hey, he went to a new team, got the quarterback right. The rest of the team is all in place. That's all we need. So I don't know if that's the thinking, but it it certainly seems that that Ballard has taken that path. I don't know how involved he was in in the whole, I guess, scouting of Patrick Mahomes when he was with Kansas City. I don't know that. Maybe that frightens him a little bit to, to roll the dice like that because now you're giving the next three years to somebody that you don't know how they're going to perform. This is the path he's choosing. He's still paying the same money, but... In his mind, he knows that this guy can do it. We just got to put him in the right headspace and the right offense and the right, I guess, just environment to succeed. And he believes that he's done that with the Colts. So, um, yeah, let's see where this goes. But uh, I I believe in him. Wentz must be the guy. And they're, they've put their money where their mouth is. Well, obviously, the coaching staff believes in him as well, or they wouldn't have made this trade. Right. Oh, absolutely. Frank Wright believes he, he can fix him and his footwork and his head which is probably the most important thing, like you said. No quarterback is safe. No. All right? No one. You know, let's not go crazy, but there's a, there's a handful of guys that nobody's going to move them. It's, it's a win-now league, and if you're not doing the job, you're going to be replaced. And When the Eagles got Jalen Hurts last year in the second round, it looked like it was going to be more of a Taysom Hill type of thing, that Jalen Hurts was going to come in, maybe do some special packages, run with the football, maybe that be that Wildcat quarterback. The Eagles were able to get creative on the offensive side of the ball. All of a sudden, he becomes a starting quarterback. 
Doug Peterson is gone, and once it seems like he won that battle with his head coach, but he still wanted to to leave the organization because he knew that it was going to be a battle between him and Jalen Hurts in the in training camp. When the mental side, when the confidence for a football player abandons him, and especially case, a quarterback, especially, especially a quarterback, yeah. it is very tough to repair it. And I just feel like this is going to be a miracle if Carson Wentz is repaired by Frank Reich. It's a wait and see for me. We'll make it happen. We're, we're hoping that he comes back to that his Pro Bowl, his MVP type of form. But I get the feeling that this is this is something that is not going to work because when the mental side goes, when you start having, when you're doubting yourself on the football field, in anything you do. It starts to affect you in everything, in the weight room, in in training camp, during practice, and in games as well. You're not trusting yourself anymore. And with these football players, confidence is the most important thing that they have. It's it's mental. When you're a professional athlete, it's it's all mental because they're all physically gifted. I mean, there's a reason why he was drafted second overall by the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll see what happens. But again, no quarterback is safe in this offseason. Hang on. It's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, strap strap it on. Here we go. I guess the last thing as far as Wentz is concerned is maybe some of that confidence starts to come back when he's sitting in the pocket and actually has some time to throw and he doesn't have to bail. Now, it may take a while to get confident because you know he didn't have that in Philadelphia. I mean, they've got some good players, but they're never healthy. I am belaboring the point, but I truly believe in, in Ballard and Reich. They're going to make this work. You know, do they win a Super Bowl? Who knows? But I think they're definitely going to be a playoff team regularly and have a shot at it at very least. And I think that's all you can ask for if you're a Colts fan. Another great player, uh, J.J. Watt, got released by the Houston Texans. He he asked for it, and they cut him. And, and now J.J. Watt is, is looking for a new team. And I'm sure he's looking for a place where he can go, where he can compete for the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, I don't know if this was maybe a little bit of of, of public relations as far as letting him go now. I mean, obviously he's earned it. He went to them and asked for his release. Maybe they felt that they owed him as a player to be able to choose, get to free agency early because he can sign right now if he wants. He doesn't have to wait till the lead year for his contract to end up. Maybe they gain some goodwill in the community. I don't know. But right now, it just looks like a terrible mess in Houston. As far as J.J.'s concerned, I mean, he's there's going to be plenty of suitors. There are plenty of suitors right now. I'm sure he's been in contact with many teams. I think he tweeted something out today, like, free agency is crazy. Well, yeah, this is the first time for him. And there's not a lot of names that uh, are actually eligible to be contacted right now. Just a few. Plenty of suitors. You know, there's, you know, you can connect the dots. You know, maybe he wants to play with his brothers in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's from Wisconsin, Green Bay. I mean, obviously, they can use a pass rusher, and he'd be going home, so to speak, and they're a contender. 
And then, you know, there's other teams. You know, you can say Tennessee. Mike Vrabel played under him as a defensive coordinator in Houston. Seattle's always going to be thrown out there. Buffalo can certainly use him. Blue-collar guy, be great in that community. Uh, and then, you know, the contenders, you know, Baltimore, Kansas City. You know, you can throw out many teams, but I think those first few are, are kind of the ones that everybody's kind of hoping for because there's, there's a little bit more of a story to it. Well, there was a connection. I saw a story that the Cleveland Browns have emerged as the front runner to land J.J. Watt. He's going to take his time. It I makes... think we'll pump the brakes on the Browns for now. Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, yeah. the, the Browns. Uh, yeah, it's reported. Close. It's reported. Yeah. I yeah mean, the the yeah. Browns were pretty close because, I mean, Miles Garrett is there. They had a good defense, especially that, that front four. And I think J.J. Watt can give him even more firepower to pair him up uh, across from Miles Garrett. Uh, the Browns certainly overachieved this year, and it's a team on the, on the upswing. But Packers. Steelers, Ravens, those spots, those landing spots make a lot of sense to uh, to J.J. Watt. Money is not going to be an issue here. I think this is a player that hinted when the season ended that he wanted to get out of Houston. And I'm sure, like, J.J. Watt has been the ultimate professional and what, he has like 101 sacks during his career. And it's amazing because most of the time he's played in a 3-4 defense. He was a guy that had to set the edge as a, as a five technique a little bit, right? He had to not only rush the passer on third downs, but he had to be stout against the run on first and second downs. I love J.J. Watt. I hope he goes to the right team where he's going to get an opportunity to compete for a championship. Well, he's certainly not the player that he was when he was like the most dominant player, it seemed like, in the league uh, for a stretch of about four or five years. And like you said, 3-4 versus 4-3, I think he's a type of guy that can play in any system. I don't think he's locked into that. But I, and I understand your point that typically those five techniques do not put up the sack numbers. But the way they moved him around and the way that he can get matchups, and if he goes to one of these teams that has you know maybe one or two other pass rushers and he doesn't have to be the guy, then I think he's going to be extremely effective. I guess the big thing with free agency, and I guess the, here's where the, the business side of it comes in, nobody really knows what the salary cap is going to be. So I think that's going to be a huge, huge factor coming in. We, I think the assumption is it's going to go down because of the uh, revenues being down this year due to COVID and obviously all the money the teams have spent uh, for the protocols on top of the fact that they didn't get you know anything from the gate. They're saying, you know, 180 million, which again is not a bad number, but if you're, you know, expecting it to be 200 million, all these teams that are uh, thought they were going to be in pretty decent cap shape aren't so much in good cap shape. I want to say there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that are close to between 20 and the Saints, of course, that are about 70 million over the projected cap. Yeah, free agency is going to be nuts because we've got the names, and we'll talk about a few in a few minutes, uh, that we know of because their contracts are up. But there's going to be a bunch of guys that are probably going to get cut at, if they're not willing to restructure drastically. It's going to be wild times, and as far as JJ's concerned, he does have a jump on everybody. The teams that have the most cap space typically aren't that good, although the Colts have about $70 million projected. Who knows? Maybe maybe that that's a that's one for him in the division as well. 
Yeah, I don't think he's going to do that to the Texans. I think, <laughs> you know, if he doesn't go to the Browns or the Steelers, it makes a ton of sense for him to wind up where he played his college ball in, in Wisconsin and go to Green Bay. And you talked about free agency, and I guess we have to start with the quarterbacks because quarterbacks, I mean, that's, that is, that's your franchise guy. We always talk about the signal callers. They always get the, the pub. I mean, they always get the glory. If they win the Super Bowl, we, all, we always talk about the quarterback leading the charge. Let's start with Dak Prescott. I mentioned that a couple of episodes ago that Dak Prescott, in my opinion, isn't going anywhere. Jerry Jones is either going to give him the big contract or he's going to franchise tag him again for another season. Do you think that the Cowboys and Dak Prescott are going to go their separate ways? That's the big question, isn't it? They've been, we've been talking about this, it seems like, for the last two or three years. But it actually seems even longer just because it's every single day any, anymore. Kind of, it kind of fell off during the season, but it's going to pick up you know, right now, I'm sure. You know, every talk radio station in Dallas, it's, it's a topic of conversation. I think they do get a deal done. I guess it all depends on, on Dak, quite frankly, because I think the, the Cowboys definitely want him back. It's going to come down to money, of course. Is Dak going to be... Uh, happy with will he accept you know maybe four years or five year deal that averages closer to 32 or 33 million versus 38 million which he'll be making in the with the uh, franchise tag and then just kind of bet on himself again the injury will probably factor in his into his decision now because i'm sure it was part of his decision before last year but after having the injury, I would imagine that's going to be more tantamount in his mind. So I think if you're asking me today on February 17th, before the league year, I'm going to say, yeah, he ends up with the Cowboys. And I'll be optimistic and say that Dak says, okay, fine. I don't want to go through this again. Yeah, Not take a, a cut for any stretch of the amount. I mean, 30, averaging 33 or $34 million per year, I think is pretty damn good. And I think he ends up taking it. And I think the injury has, will have a lot to do with changing a little bit of his thought process. And, you know, when you find a quarterback, like the Cowboys found a quarterback in the fourth round, and he's the best fourth round quarterback to ever be drafted. And the Cowboys struck gold. It's like the Patriots striking gold with Tom Brady in the sixth round. The Cowboys struck gold with Dak Prescott in the fourth round. If you have a franchise type of quarterback, if you believe in him, that he's going to lead you for the next 10 years, you got to lock him up. Give him the contract. These quarterbacks, I mean, they're, they're playing till their 40s right now. I mean, we're seeing what Tom Brady and Drew Brees are doing in today's NFL, and it's only going to get better. These guys are, if they stay, if they take care of their body, if, if they eat right, they can play longer with the technology, the, the medicine, these operations. Obviously, the, the surgeons are, are doing miracles nowadays, uh, which you know, 30 years ago was, was unheard of. But I believe there's no way Jerry Jones can let Dak Prescott go, even if you know, somebody offers whatever, a second overall pick like the Jets or eighth overall pick from the Carolina Panthers. There's no way. Lock him up get it done, and then move on. At least you won't have that headache of 
not, not having that quarterback. Let's talk about wide receivers. It seems like wide receivers galore in free agency. There's like five guys who are big-time players in this league. Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Bucks, Allen Robinson, who's been with the Chicago Bears the, the past couple of seasons, Kenny Galladay with the Lions, and then we've got Juju Smith-Schuster, who I'm sure isn't coming back to the Steelers, and then Will Fuller, who was part of a lot of rumors during the, the trade deadline, but the deal never happened. I just can't imagine him coming back. Out of those five guys, who would you go with? Uh, as far as wide receivers go, I don't know that there's ever been, I guess the biggest mistake in wide receiver free agency is taking a guy that's a number two and expecting number one type production. And it seems like, at least historically, that's where the biggest mistakes in free agency have occurred. Now, some of these guys, if you say Allen Robinson, I mean, he would be like the class of that that group, if you would, that I guess probably the most polished, the most dependable. I don't know about work habits, but it seems like he's a pretty damn hard worker. But if you're asking me just from a an age standpoint, I think I might look more towards Chris Godwin. Where have we come where you've got two big time receivers from Penn State? Things are things are changing. Uh, but I would say Godwin, just because I think he's just scratching the surface of what he can be. The ceiling I think is very high for him, and I think given given the opportunity, come out of I guess the uh, the shadows of a Mike Evans. And, the, and Antonio Brown, who knows what they're going to do with Antonio Brown. But I think just to give him an opportunity to go somewhere and kind of be the guy, this might be the one that I think can elevate himself from the two role to the one role. But again, you're, roll, you're, you're rolling the dice. Chris Godwin, he's 24 years old. He's coming off a Super Bowl with the Bucks. Will he give him a, a hometown discount? Because... They've locked up a lot of money in Mike Evans. Can they afford to lock up and, and give a lot of money to another wide receiver? I don't think they can. Will he give them a hometown discount? And if not, who are some of the teams that you think Godwin is, is going to be entertaining in free agency? Teams with 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 money, obviously, uh, but you know you can always make it work. You can always make a a contract work. I mean, you look at uh, the Buccaneers right now. Supposedly, they're about twenty million dollars under the projected cap. Uh, they've got Shaq Barrett as a free agent. They've got Levante David as a free agent. Uh, we mentioned, you know, Antonio Brown. I mean, just to a much lesser degree, obviously, Barrett and David are much younger players, and still, depending on who you speak to, might still be ascending, if if you would, or at least they're in their primes, where he's at the tail end of his career. So they're going to have to choose wisely with, uh, you know, how they spend their money. As far as where he can go, I mean, you look any of these teams with with uh, young receivers. I mean, the first one that's obvious is the Jets. They have no real, you know, tried and true weapons. They've been drafting wide receivers, and we'll see, but he would be a known commodity. Now, would he want to go there? You know, what do they do at quarterback? I'm sure th those are questions that he's going to have to answer. But truly, you know, the Jets or Washington, you would think, would be two prime places for a wide receiver. Jacksonville. I mean, just, you know, there's a lot of bad teams, but there are some that are not quite as bad. So, like, Washington might be a good situation. 
I think the Colts. I think the Colts. The Colts, are a good yeah, situation. they're right there, and they got I, plenty. I, they got plenty of money too. I'll tell you one thing: Allen Robinson is not coming back to the Chicago Bears. I mean, we're talking about wide receivers, and I just can't imagine him. This is a guy who has been so unfortunate during his career. Uh, in Jacksonville, he had Blake Bortles throwing him the football. Then he signed with the Chicago Bears, hoping that. He was going to take his talents here, and he wound up with Trubisky and Nick Foles. And it's just an unfortunate situation. This guy is still putting up huge numbers considering that he doesn't have a legitimate quarterback throwing him the football. I think he might go to Miami. I think the Dolphins are one of those teams that I know they're probably going to go through the draft and try to get some playmakers, but they, they got to get a wide receiver. They have Devontae Parker, but he's always... He's always on the training table instead of being on the football field. I know they locked him up, but if they can get somebody like Allen Robinson, that would go a long way for a quarterback like Tua. And then Kenny Galladay, I think he's going to come back to the Detroit Lions. I just So you trade him for Jared Goff, and then what are you going to do? Like get rid of all the wide receivers that Matthew Stafford had? I realize that Galladay is coming off an injury, but you got to lock him up. Even if you don't give him the the big contract try to franchise tag him you need a number one weapon if you want golf to succeed galladay i like a lot there's so many questions at all with all these quarterbacks moving i was again the wide receivers are going to have to answer them that i mean just to go back to Allen robinson for a second how about baltimore for him they have not had i mean I can't remember the last time they had a true number one receiver. I mean, Hollywood Brown has got some flash. He's got the speed and so forth. But I don't know if he's the guy on you know third and five or third and six that Lamar can just say, okay, we're coming to you. You get your butt open, I'm, or I'm going to throw the ball. And I think Robinson is a little bit more like that. So I, w- I would like the Ravens, uh, you know, go after Allen Robinson. As far as Galladay, again, any team, any of these teams looking for speed, uh, we mentioned a few of them already, but I mean, the Patriots have like no weapons. I mean, they should be in the market for every one of these receivers. And again, they've got plenty of money to spend. But again, you, we mentioned at the top, the quarterback, you got to solve that first. You know, we talk about the receivers and, and all this other, but it may, the market may be tempered with those teams that have questions at the quarterback position, yeah, as far as Galladay's concerned, does he have faith in Jared Goff? Does he like the coaching staff in Detroit? New coaching staff. My gut tells me that that he's going to be moving along. Fuller, I think, is going to move along. I think Juju is going to move along. So it just really the landing spots are what we're looking at. And these teams that need wide receivers would do well to offer any of these guys. Well, it seems like Juju... There were a lot of reports coming out that he was looking for the big market. And the big market is in Los Angeles or New York. So he's either looking at the Giants or the New York Jets, I would assume. Because the Chargers, they they don't have the cap situation. Uh, The Los Angeles Rams have the best wide receivers in the business that nobody's talking about. The Jets need a wide receiver, even though Juju is more of a slot guy. The Giants need a receiver as well because Sterling Shepard has been banged up. You know, he's had concussion issues, and it seems like they haven't had a weapon. They haven't had that guy since OBJ uh, left town. So I think Juju is looking at New York. You know the Steelers aren't going to pay him, right? The Steelers can draft a guy on day two. They always have a lot of success drafting guys on whether it's in round two or round three it's like a a wide receiver factory 
I think people should take notes how Steelers find wide receivers in the draft. As far as Will Fuller, the Green Bay Packers make a lot of sense as a destination. It was talked about uh, during the, the trade deadline because the Packers should be looking for that deep threat you know, opposite of Devontae Adams, I think Fuller would make a lot of sense with his speed. Even though he's had a lot of injuries, he's never played like 16 games in a season. And it seems like he's also always banged up. When he's on the football field, he definitely makes plays. And he doesn't have those drops that he had back in college. He has improved his hands. Let's talk about Trent Williams. You know, my guy. Trent Williams solidified that position in 2020. Uh, on the left side for the San Francisco, I can't see him moving on. There's a reason why the 49ers traded for him because they had an empty spot on the blind side. And Trent Williams played like he didn't miss the entire season in 2019. Williams is back as one of the league's best offensive tackles. So I'm hoping that the 49ers lock him up. And I just can't see him going elsewhere. Yeah, I don't believe he's he's going anywhere. Just this where he is in his career, making what he did in Washington to kind of extricate himself from that situation, and the just the offense that they run in San Francisco. I think he just you know hand in glove. He's not going to find a better situation. Uh, 49ers are in pretty decent cap space as far as being under by about 13 million so there's definitely money there to re-sign Trent Williams I don't want to keep going back but the wide receiver do you think any of those wide receivers get franchise tagged I think Galladay is is gonna be one of those candidates I, I just think it makes a lot of sense for the new coaching staff to see what he can do he's coming off an injury they need a weapon for Jared Goff they need that number one wide receiver and the Lions really struggled this year. When Galladay went down, Stafford was putting up the numbers, but he was doing it with what, like Marvin Jones? I mean, he was he was doing it with TJ Hawkinson. Galladay was a difference maker for Stafford in 2019 when he was healthy. And it just makes sense. With the new GM coming in, with the new coaching staff, you give him that franchise tag and you basically say, all right, prove it to us. You can retain your form and show what you can do will give you the big contract i think it just makes sense uh instead of drafting a wide receiver in the draft you have a a proven commodity and i think that to me is the obvious choice maybe godwin maybe godwin will get that franchise tag because the bucks already have a lot of money invested in mike evans maybe their thinking is hey we're going for the repeat we might not be able to re-sign Chris Godwin in the future, but we're willing to give it one more shot with Tom Brady being in town for another year. And we need to get as many guys as possible um, under contract. And that's why I think that the Bucks are going to re-sign Levante David, as well as Devin White has played in his second year. Levante David is the heart and soul of that Bucks defense. I mean, he's a guy who has been through a lot of downs. And he finally got an opportunity to to experience the, the winning season, getting into the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl. I can't imagine the Bucks letting Levante David go because he's the heart and soul of that team. I'm not sure they bring Shaq Barrett back because Barrett played, what, on a one-year contract this year. I think Shaq Barrett is going to move on, and I think the Bucks will, will look for someone in the draft that, as far as that is concerned. I'm just talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks because it is a hot story. Whether I, I don't think AB is going to be back. I'm not sure about Gronk. I mean, unless he gives them a discount 
and willing to play with Tom Brady again and give it another go. No risk it, no biscuit. They're definitely, I mean, they're definitely playing for, I mean, right now. I don't think there's any uh, real long-term view as far as all this goes because I don't know, you know, how much longer Arians is going to want to coach. You don't know how much longer Brady wants to play. I mean, I know he wants to play forever, but, you know, at some point he's either going to get injured or his effectiveness isn't going to be there anymore. Now, as good as he played this season, (laughs) you'd have to say that it may not be for a while, which is nutty. But, yeah, I think they went all in last year. They're going to do it again and try to ride this out as long as they can. As far as David might be one of the most underrated players in the entire league, or if he is the most underrated, because he's so good, but he's a quiet guy. He doesn't really, he's not really flashy, doesn't bring a lot of attention to himself. I got anybody you talk to, when you hear them talking, I mean, people that are really know the X's and O's and really watch defensive football and, and really pay attention to linebackers and what they do. I mean, he is one of the top guys. So, yeah, you got to bring him back. You know, sure, you got Brady, but as far as a leader on the defense, it's got to be him. Well, let's talk about a couple of guys on the back end. Let, let's talk about the secondary. And let's start with the safeties because there are a few safeties on the board in free agency. Justin Simmons is one of them. I think he has blossomed into one of the best safeties in the game the last couple of years. He's just one of those rare free safeties who is extremely active against the run and in the box. And and then he can also, you know, do some things in the back end and come up with some picks. And also Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris is an interesting name because he has put together like an all-pro caliber season in 2019. He has been one of the best safeties in football the past few seasons. I think Justin Simmons will stay with the Broncos because they can't afford to to lose him. And I think Vic Fangio needs a playmaking safety. He's always had that. With the Bears, it was Eddie Jackson. With the Broncos, it's been Justin Simmons. I think it's just a a match made in heaven, so I, I don't see them parting ways. But I think the Vikings, they wouldn't be able to re-sign somebody like Anthony Harris. If I'm not mistaken, they both played under the franchise tag, correct? Uh, that is correct, yes. So for them to continue with that, each of those things, they can't work out a long-term deal. These guys are going to be making really, really big money. And I don't know, of again, many teams that are willing to invest that much in that particular position. But by the same token, defenses have changed because of what the offenses are doing. The safety position has become very important and the distinction between free safety and strong safety is really becoming blurred they're just really you know most teams are looking to put out you know five or six defensive backs that can do a lot of different things and at very least you want to have two guys on the field that can kind of be interchangeable play in the slot play deep you know whatever it needs to be come down in the box blitz off the edge and these guys are two that can do that you know you'd hate to let them go and i hate to keep coming back to the the salary cap here but the broncos are in great shape they're about 30 million uh in space on the projected cap and the vikings not so much they're about uh, eight to ten million over think just based on that anthony harris would be more uh likely to move on than justin simmons so again i'm in great agreement with you alex it's it's starting my head's starting to itch 
Well, there are a couple of corners that I know you like. You know, guys that have been great players in this league, but have seen kind of past their prime at this point. I'm talking about Richard Sherman, and I'm talking about Patrick Peterson. I can't imagine either of these guys coming back to their current teams. I can't see Sherman going back to the 49ers, and I can't see Patrick Peterson signing something with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sure these guys are looking for places where they can win now, and maybe they're willing to give that that discount. Where do you think are some possible landing spots for, for those two great players? Older corners. Um, my first guess would be would be New England. They love their corners there, and depending on what happens with with their young guys, but they're you know they they've always drafted well in the defensive backfield. So I don't know that that's a real a huge need for them. Their need is mostly uh, playmakers. You know, again, you look at the good teams. Who's going to have the cap space? Who's going Who's going to want to make a move? I don't know what, and again, I'll be the homer here. I don't know what the Chiefs have in store with uh, Brashad Breland, uh, what they're going to do at corner. Does DeAndre Baker, is does he come back to the Chiefs? I think they signed him to their practice squad, but he got hurt. See what, if he develops, do they need, they need a kind of a solution. So if they move off of Breland, I could see them, you know, if Sherman was willing to come in at a much reduced rate, I could see them definitely bringing him in to uh, to play opposite of Charvarius Ward, Legarius Sneed, and some of the other young guys that they have in the in the defensive backfield. I think the Buffalo Bills might be a spot for one of those corners, and I'm sure in terms of how they play and the schemes, Richard Sherman makes a lot of sense for the Buffalo Bills. But I because I don't think he's going to be looking for a lot of money. I think the Bills are going to give him that one year contract. He knows that they're close. Well, at least they were this year. And this is a team that I think could land somebody like Richard Sherman. I don't know where Patrick Peterson is going to go, to be honest with you. Will he, does he want to go to a winner? Or is he willing to sign for more money with the team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, possibly? Because he believes that Urban Meyer might be able to, to turn that franchise around in a couple of years. And the Jaguars certainly have the most cap space out of anybody. And they're going to be very active signing free agents because aside from those 11 draft picks that they have, they've got a ton of money that they can invest in in these free agents if they identify right. Urban wants to win in 2021. Like he's not waiting around. I mean, if this guy is going to go like five and 11, I mean, I think the roof is going to fall off and He's going to try to fill up as much spots as he can with with some great players. But Peterson isn't the player that he used to be. The, right. I think in 2020, this is the first time that he played in a while where he played in all 16 games after that 2019 season where he missed, what, half of the season because of, the, of that suspension that he had. Peterson is just not the same player. Like if you watch right. the Arizona Cardinals well, I- games, he's, he's not. I think the older guys, I mean, as they probably have in the past, I mean, they typically have to wait. You know, I mean, a lot of teams, they'll see what they what they do uh, with maybe some of the bigger free agent names, younger guys that are closer to their prime if they're going to invest in that position. The draft, obviously, to see, you know, what, what do we have in the draft? Are these guys, do we want them on the field right away? Are they going to be able to play? I think more, I would lean more towards 
the contending team that might, you know, be a leader in the defensive backfield room away, you know, that 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 leader in the room sort of thing to get, kind of galvanize those guys. Yeah, I mean, the Bills, they I mean, Josh Norman played halfway decent, you know, for while he was there. They got Tredavious White, but yeah, I mean, they can certainly use an, another corner and that would be a good spot for him to go. There's plenty of guys out there, so I get that kind of going to kind of deaden the market. So again, the guys that are a little longer in the tooth, a little older, been in the league for a while. I think typically you'll kind of have to wait and see what how the market shakes out, and then they kind of pick their spots. Who are some of the guys that we're missing? Who else is? On your list out there, we've, we've talked about wide receivers. Aaron Jones is a running back, but I mean, it's been, you know, historically running back has not been a good, you know, good position to hit it big in free agency because, hey, we can get one, we can get one in the draft. <laughs> why, why do we have to overspend? But Aaron Jones is a young guy, very productive player. So somebody's going to get a bargain there. Hunter Henry, the tight end from the Chargers. We'll see where he goes. Couple offensive linemen, Brandon Sheriff. I think he probably gets franchise tagged by Washington, or they they re-sign him. Joe Tooney, that was remind was uh, mentioned in a lot of potential trades with Philadelphia and some other teams before last season. So you could see him maybe moving along. Uh, Marcus Williams kind of has rebounded from that Minnesota miracle, getting beat over the top by uh, Stephon Diggs and become a very good player. So there's a guy that uh, that could help somebody. William Jackson the third. Uh, just off air talked a little bit about Leonard Williams kind of resurrected his career moving across the street from the Jets to the Giants you know does somebody kind of make a move for him and 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 believe that he's really become what they thought he was when he we came out in the draft John Johnson uh, safety from the Rams Corey Davis had a great year for Tennessee but it was his only good year since he's been in the league so does somebody give him a chance to kind of spread his wings and and be a great player so yeah, there's a lot of guys and we're gonna get a lot more I mean I hate to keep saying that guys are gonna get moved just because of cap situations and restructures and some guys are gonna stay on their teams and some just are gonna get priced out unfortunately so yeah this is this is evolving but it's good to kind of get these names out there we'll talk about a few and I'm sure our landing spots will change as time goes on I love Joe Tooney, by the way. He has developed a great player, offensive guards in the game for the Patriots. And I think if the Jacksonville Jaguars need like four offensive linemen out there, this is the guy that they should invest in. You can plug him in at one of the offensive guards, and he's going to be great for you for the next five or six years. That's the guy that I would invest big money in. It's not one of those sexy moves. It's not a wide receiver. It's not a cornerback. It's an offensive guard. But we all know. We, we saw the Super Bowl, and we know how this game is won. You need to protect the quarterback, and, and Tooney can, can do that for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Buyer beware, by the way, with Corey Davis. I always hate those guys that break out in that contract year. One good year. year. Yeah. In that contract yeah. year. All right. All right. Corey Davis has never been a, a consistent wide receiver in the league. All of a sudden, you know, he knows his contract is, is coming up, and he needs to, to get that 12 or $14 million a year, and he puts up great numbers, and then all of a sudden we, we don't hear about him for the next three or four years. So buyer beware with, with Corey Davis. I just, you know, with the Tennessee Titans, had a great season, but I get the feeling that he'll go back to doing what he was doing during those first four years. It's a great free agent class. I'm just... Lou, I'm always careful when it comes to giving out big contracts and free agency. 
we see so many guys get those huge contracts and then all of a sudden they're never heard from again whether it's an injury or whether they just they go to a different team they can't pick up the new scheme so many busts in free agency over the years and i've learned that you want to lay back a little bit don't jump on those first tier guys like you said see how the market develops and then go for some bargains once you know some spots fill up and you know that you can get a pretty good player for a discount price well this year i think is again i mean to not to belabor the point but this year is going to be there's going to be a lot more of that because of the fact that the cap is is a little bit lower still i mean the teams at the time the jags the colts the jets the patriots have a ton of money to spend we'll see if they spend it uh washington cincinnati denver miami the chargers i mean these i mean a bunch of these teams are pretty close so if they do spend wisely and they pick and they get the right fit these teams can kind of turn themselves around a little bit and possibly make a run in their respective divisions next year. This past week, another you know another death of a former player has come up, and he was a great player, seemed like a great dude, Vincent Jackson. I uh, remember him playing for the Chargers for all those years against the Chiefs and was just a nightmare. Uh, Rivers loved to just kind of throw the ball up to him. Anytime they got near the end zone, it seemed like more off than not, he was coming down for six. He goes to Tampa Bay and uh, was their Walter Payton Man of the Year candidate for like four or five years in a row, done tremendous work with veterans in that area and it's just a a very sad story went missing he was found and then maybe like a few days later was found again but this time had uh, deceased so uh, rest in peace Vincent Jackson and for everybody else out there we're out see you next week peace